For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 709, October 7, 2021. It was 85 degrees on this day on three occasions, 1997, 2003, and 2011. And it was 25 degrees on this day for the low in 1976. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Journalism, as I studied it and practiced it, is officially dead. Really? Mm-hmm. It's just dead. <laughs> That's quite the statement. I got a piece from the Seattle Times sent to me by our old friend Scott Holter, who lives in Seattle. He used to be an offsite oh. music yeah. uh, aficionado for the show. And I he used said, to know Scott well. Yeah. yeah. And he says, hey, Such, wondering if you are using the uh, they, them pronouns in your newspaper, Scott Holter. And it's a big, long story called Leader of Fight Against Homelessness, Optimistic About Impossible Job. And this is written by a Seattle Times reporter named Scott Greenstone. It's Friday the 13th, a 90-degree August day, and inside the Salvation Army Soto shelter, the highest-ranking staff are starched up in distinctive military-style uniforms with a serif S on red lapels despite the heat. In a few months, the contracts for this and every other government-funded shelter, hotel, housing project, and rent voucher for current or formerly uh, homeless people will come under control of a new entity, the Regional Homelessness Authority. The CEO of that authority, the new head of homelessness in King County, is about to walk through the door. While Seattle mayors have for years appointed special advisors and cabinet-level homelessness directors to try to reverse the metro areas, Decades-long climb to the third-largest home population in the country, this CEO has more power and autonomy than anyone previously tasked with the challenge. This person can gather and demand data, renegotiate contracts with nonprofits, redesign strategies, and potentially remove politics from the process of fixing homelessness. When Mark Dones walks through the door, it's not just their unconventional role that makes them stand out. He's... He said, they and the them. Oh, he is. Okay. And any self-respecting reporter would have said, shove that up, you're behind. I'm not writing that. So I'm not writing that. There, there is no, a singular human being is not them. Hmm. Words mean something. I have a question. Mm-hmm. If you identify as they, mm-hmm. let's, just, let's just go with it for a second. If you identify as they, what form of their do you use then? T-H-E-I-R? Yeah. Or T-H-E-Y apostrophe no, this, R-E? No, this, this went with the E-I-R. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you have hit on something that's been driving me crazy for years, listening to um, NASCAR drivers being interviewed. A pit reporter will ask a 
driver about a maneuver he made on the track. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you, uh, Richie, coming out of turn four and getting a little wobbly? Well, we uh, we had a pretty good run, <laughs> and uh, we, we were making up laps, and everything is we right, right. when it's actually about him. Right. That's not, this, that's not as egregious as this. Oh, it it's, is in my mind. Oh, no, because he's just referring it, to his team. That's all. But he's out. He's the sole driver of I that know. vehicle. I love the coaches do that too, Kenny. They do the same thing. Well, we decided to go for it on fourth down. Well, wait a minute, you dummy. You're the only one that made the call. Yeah. Okay, so in the case of this piece that Holter sent you, is this the author, or the, the author, I'm sorry, the reporter making the decision to print this, or is this coming from above, one of his editors, the publisher maybe? No, I, 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 first of all, he's, he did a hell of a long story on this guy, and it's full of they's and them's, and, and, and he's only, his name isn't referred to very often. I would imagine that uh, uh, the uh, subject, this Mark Doan, said, uh, I, I want to be referred to as them and their. That, those are my pronouns. And, and so the reporter honored that. Yeah, and I wouldn't have. I, I, yeah. you know. And yeah. in today's failed uh, journalism, just like the failed academy, I suppose my refusal to do that would have caused me a reprimand or get fired. You think so? I think so, because I'm not doing that. that that's, abs- that's ridiculous. There well, is no such thing as a single man, an individual human, is not a them. No, it's just one person. It's just one person. Got it. This, this character is the new head of homelessness in Seattle. What's the fear? They're, they're going to get... Uh... That they're going to get sued? No, I don't know. I, I just, I just would have said, well, Mark, your 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 name is Mark Dones. You're not a them. You're a Mark. You're, you're or a Mister Dones. Yes, <laughs> as the Times would call you. Well, uh, to, just to conclude that aspect of uh, what's his name, uh, Trudeau. Oh, what's his first name? They. The Canada Trudeau. Uh, just, Justin Trudeau? Uh, some, yeah, something like that. He's, uh, I guess the Twitter world's having a bit of fun with him because he he now is referring to the LGBTQ. This, I was prophetic when I would used to say LGBTQRPMYWXYZ. Every week there was a new letter added. Well, his, what he now refers to under the umbrella is it's the 2SL. G-B-T-Q-Q-I-A plus people. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Apparently the 2S is, to, is referring to Canadian indigenous people and refers to two spirits. And then you got queer and questioning, uh, undecided and whatever. They all we are getting further or farther apart. <laughs> further every... is in addition to farther, farther is time. Every single second we grow farther apart. Every single second. We just can't be humans, Americans, Canadians. That's a mouthful, man. Two SLGBTQQIA plus people. Hello, everybody. Hey. <laughs> oh, and hi to you, too, Joe. How you doing over oh, there? Oh, <laughs> boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, Don't you have a they them button hanging up over here on the bulletin board? I think so. I think somebody gave me a they them. I think that was me. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Yeah. A terribly inconvenient uh, news is that uh, the South Pole is uh, having uh, historically cold. Uh, their historic cold temperatures uh, doesn't get mentioned in the. Uh, They're making the, ice, Joe. Yeah. Uh, it just it just the frigid winter is likely caused by a strong polar vortex vortex in the stratosphere. And then I read one headline where uh, 
uh, polar uh, cold sets record lows in an increasingly warming world. <laughs> well, okay. Which yeah. way is it here? Yeah. Well, anyway, it's terribly inconvenient, isn't it, that that's so cold there? When is it? What, what is their season, by the way? Well, I think they're in the winter. Yeah, so that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Spring is uh, sp- spring is just around the wait corner. Wait a minute, wait them. a minute. So the South Pole is the royal order of the 21sters, mm-hmm. right? Well, they're members. Yeah, you can get Okay. Them. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Uh, we'll get to this. Uh, a woman on a scooter, I presume meaning one of the rental scooters, was wiped out and killed last night in Minneapolis because mm-hmm. of a running gun battle between rival factions tearing through town in two SUVs. And they collided at uh, near the target field, and she was collateral damage. She's gone. Yep. It was around 11 p.m. Officers responded to reports of people in two separate vehicles firing guns at each other near Nicollet and Groveland in the Stevens Square neighborhood, according to the Minneapolis police. The vehicles continued north through downtown. A short time later, more gunfire was reported between the vehicles near the intersection of 5th Street and 6th Avenue North in the North Loop. The two vehicles then collided. One of the vehicles left the road and hit a woman who was riding a scooter down the street. The woman was pronounced dead at the scene. It is my understanding that the female on the scooter was doing just that. She was out on a scooter riding on the sidewalk and was an innocent bystander to a violent exchange between cars. Minneapolis police spokesperson, Officer Garrett... Parton said, four men in the vehicle suffered injuries and were transported to the hospital in serious condition. Early information seems to suggest those injuries are related to the crash and not the gunfire. The investigation is ongoing. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many free yet? I wonder how many times they've been arrested, if at all. I was uh, talking to a lifetime. Do you have our sheriff in Florida ready just in case I want to do whenever, it? Yeah, whenever yeah. you need it. But yeah. I, I want to share this really quick. I was talking yesterday to a lifelong resident of North Minneapolis and he basically said, and this was before this story even popped up last night, but he said the, the biggest problem that, that plagues that area right now is the fact that, yes, the, these gang feuds have been going on forever, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. two things are at play now. Number one, they're now emboldened because we've demonized police for good mm, in that city. Right. But number two, there used to be somewhat of a code where, you know, if you were going to have a shootout with a rival gang member and there were other civilians around, right. you at least had some decency not to have uh, innocent residents involved. Now they don't give a crap anymore. Apparently not. That Apparently and that not. and that's what because of the the demonization of police that's what's leading to all of this. Well, somebody's got to be accused of homicide for killing that woman. But look at what happened. The story you had in Chicago a couple of days ago. They're gonna get they're gonna get prosecuted, and then it's gonna the, the you know the whoever the Hennepin County prosecutors is gonna say, well you know we have to have equity in in how we uh, prosecute criminals, and you know damn well they're just gonna walk. There were, uh, there were two stories in the paper today. Um, just like that. Let's see if I can find them. One of them was a sex. Oh, here we go. Um, here's one of them. He didn't kill anybody. Man gets probation for armed dispute over maskless gym patrons. Oh yeah. This jackass goes into a gym with a gun, starts uh, waving it around and yelling at people because they're not wearing uh, a mask. He serves no time. The other one is a uh, probation for former teacher and sex assault. This guy was up around Albany, if I remember right. Uh, he you was. Know. Yep. Hanging out with uh, teenagers, 
He gets nothing. He's walking around. I have been in communication with a judge in Minneapolis, and I've asked the judge to come on the podcast, but the judge responded that even though uh, that would be uh, lovely to do, uh, it's too problematic. But uh, this judge is a GLer. And uh, the judge says, as I read the materials for my sentencing guidelines commission meeting tomorrow, the GL voice in the back of my head keeps saying B is in B, S as in S. For as long as the guidelines have been in existence, they have included a common sense principle. If you commit a new crime while on probation or parole from a previous crime, your consequence should be greater. The current push is to eliminate that logical principle for Minnesota sentencing law based on more recent research indicating deterrence achieved by harsher sentences, is not effective at reducing crime. But it does take criminals off the street. Uh, Keep up the good work, and I will keep the judge's name uh, private. So so let me ask you a question. Because most of these judges are are, are in elected positions, correct? Yes. Well, this this particular judge was an appointee of a governor. Okay. My, my, My point is, do you think that the average voter... In whether it's Hennepin County, in Ramsey County, well, hell, in Carver County. Do you think that the they're paying no. close enough attention to no. realize that this is the fundamental problem that we're facing? No. Nope. And why And why isn't that the case? Why aren't someone that's like this GL judge running against, uh, who who was the gal in Hennepin County that, that flat out said, we're not prosecuting uh, felony stops or what, whatever the case was? Why isn't that a more public? Because can you imagine the outcry? Yeah, Joe, why wasn't there an outcry over that? I think you, uh, this show was probably the only outcry at all over that. Well, I'm going to play something for you now that I was directed to by an emailer. Do you Um, want to do it right now? Yeah. Okay. And it's a, uh, uh, this is Sheriff Grady Judd. How about that for a name? This is Sheriff Grady Judd from Polk County, Florida. And Mike recommends that I should start following this guy. He always tells it like it is. And Mike writes, if we only had someone like him here. And uh, he is calling out not holding juvenile offenders accountable. And he's uh, addressing the press in uh, uh, Polk County, Florida, Lakeland area. And he uh, is holding up a trio of photographs. He's holding up three photographs. And this is what he says. Let me introduce you to Hashi. Darius and Malachi. You know what they have in common? A lot. They're brothers and they commit burglaries together. Malachi is 18, Adarius is 14, and Hashi is 15. Now here's what's frustrating about this. They've all been involved with the juvenile system. Every one of them. Malachi, who's now 18, and Adarius, who's 14, are already prolific offenders. Hasashi had a grand theft and he received a diversion, not even a criminal charge. But did he appreciate that? No. Not only did he get a diversion and a break from the criminal justice system, but then he had a court appearance. Do you think he showed up? No. And oh, by the way, he ran away. He was a missing person since August. Now, Darius, he's an interesting sort. He 
said he was the lookout on the night they were doing the car burglaries because he said, I was already on probation for that kind of thing. So he chose only to be the lookout. He didn't want to break into any of the cars. He was just the lookout. He had seven pre previous vehicle burglaries and six thefts, 13 counts. He was allowed to merge all those into one grand theft count and receive probation. So they gave him a break in many ways by merging all of his felony charges and his misdemeanor charges into one grand theft charge and gave him probation. Did he appreciate the probation? No. He's a prolific offender. Guess what? He even said to us, Highland City, we thought we were in Highlands County. You know, that's just one step above stupid. <laughs> he doesn't even realize where they were breaking into the cars. Now, Malachi, he's the oldest brother. He's now 18. He got to go to the real jail. But here's a message. The Department of Juvenile Justice has a real problem determining who is a prolific juvenile criminal and who is a juvenile that makes a youthful mistake. Well, here's your sign. They're all prolific offenders after the other night. We charge them collectively with 304 criminal counts because they broke into a litany of cars in the neighborhood. Now, while I'm getting on to the Department of Juvenile Justice for not holding people accountable, I need to tell them this. Think about it. When you don't draw the line, when you don't make the juveniles responsible and accountable, when there aren't consequences, why shouldn't they continue with their criminal conduct? And that's what's happened. There was no significant consequences to match their conduct, so they continued on to do what they wanted. Malachi is going to get him a new awakening in the adult system. And we're going to work with the state attorney's office to try to get Malachi's attention. But let me take this a step further. While I'm stepping on toes, how about the victims? The cars weren't locked for the most part. And there were a lot of items taken out of the cars to include a car or two where there was a firearm. Now, as a victim, how would you feel if your firearm was used by one of these three kids to shoot or kill one of my deputies that night because you didn't take your firearm in the house? You've got to lock your cars. You've got to take your firearms in the house and secure them. That's right. Because the homeowners didn't do what they should have, my deputies had to face three armed felons that night in order to take them into custody. Adarius, who was only 14, and the lookout didn't look out very well, I guess. Or maybe he did for our benefit. Hasachi, the one who has the least criminal history, is the one that fought with the deputies. Here's my message. If there's not responsibility, and there's not accountability, and there's not consequences, criminals will continue on the criminal rampage.
The system needs to wake up. We need the community's help. Lock your stuff up. Take your guns in the house at night. After all, if the gun's in the car and somebody breaks into your house, it's not doing you any good in the car. You can't protect yourself in the house with your gun in the car. He covers it all, doesn't he? Was he talking about Boy, Minneapolis or Polk County, uh, Florida? This is amazing. He, that's just yeah. that's the Pretty kind of talk, talk that needs to be heard. Talking about America, basically. Yeah. But what's the key difference that I picked up on between what he's going to do and what would never happen here? We're going to go to the state attorney's office mm-hmm. and work on this problem. You think Keith Ellison has any interest no. in working with local law enforcement no. to try to curb this problem? No. No, no, goodness no. Nor did no nor does the city council. Nope. And that's that's the losing battle. At least in Florida they got a shot. This guy's name is Grady Judd. And what he did is throw his hands up in the air and he had a little lambast for everybody. Yep. For the kids. And for the uh, owners of the vehicles who were too stupid to not lock them and in some cases left a gun in the car. My God. So he covered everybody. He got them all. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, uh, just amazing. I, 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 uh, I can't possibly. I'm, I'm going to tell you about a, a girl in Chicago when we come back. But first I want to tell you about uh, Red Savoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you had it last night. Yes, I did. He brought it home for the boys. Brought the ma- the bacon, mac, and cheese Ooh, for oh the boy. boys for dinner last night. Oh, yep. boy. All right. That's, and there was no leftovers. Well, this isn't the stuff your mom used to make. This is the real deal. Chicken, bacon, mac, regular mac and cheese, uh, three kinds of cheeses, Parmesan, mozzarella, cheddar, and just the right amount of Alfredo sauce that puts everybody in a comfort food coma. Also, the great, great pizzas and with each pizza you get a pull tab did i get the right word this time that's right i got you get a pull tab and you can Mm -hmm. win free prizes you can win pasta wings salads pop as well as money off your next purchase you can even win the grand prize free pizza for a year that's soda style man s-o-t-a that means it's cut in squares it's the original red's recipe from back in the days on on the old east 7th street there's 16 locations and now with that mac and cheese on the menu it's a uh, it's a real pleasure to stop at a Red Savoy. Look up the Red Savoy app or Red Savoy dot or SavoyPizza dot com. There, that's all right. Okay. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And as you've been hearing over the course of the last couple of months, Josh asks you one simple question, and that's always, do you know what you own? You see, Josh's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, well, they don't. They absolutely have no idea. Josh has also seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that those bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, know what you own. And you'll hear from Mr. Money Talk later today here in Garage Logic to give you a specialized report on the goings-on in the market today. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Please, you can take it from me that you can trust Josh. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation, and you do so by calling 952 925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608 for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Oh, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Just PK. Mm-hmm. I can see the guitar face he's making right now. <laughs> uh, GL quiz time, fellas. Sun came up today. What's that mean? DK Mags opened at 10, 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, at the brick and mortar store on Old 8 and New Brighton. Or you go up to their other location if you're passing by in the freeway. It's a quick exit, Monticello, Highway 25, south of 94, dkmags.com, the web address. What else do you need to know? Oh, I know. Uh, maybe that the staff at both locations are honest, down to earth GLers or GL types. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're going to treat you right, whether this is your very first firearms or accessories purchase or you do it on a weekly, monthly basis. I know this firsthand. Uh, do you need to know that you can buy in-store or very conveniently through the online catalog? Have it delivered right there. I've also done that. Super easies. Uh, super easies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accessories. This is the whole point here. Accessories. If you're buying for a loved one, you're buying a gift, you don't even know. All you know is this guy I married, this gal I'm uh, hooked up with, she likes to shoot. Hop into dkmags.com. They'll set you up and uh, make your loved ones happy. DK Mags in New Brighton and Monticello Pawn and Gun. A couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by, who else? GLers. By the way, the judge I've been communicating with. Yes, sir. Also wrote that she was that they were reflecting on our discussion with Coffee Monska oh. yesterday. Amen. My alma mater, William Mitchell, was dead to me when it instituted an online law degree program. The dean's recent statements regarding the bar exam are inexcusable. Grades matter. The Socratic method works. Law school is hard. The practice of law is challenging. It is not designed that way to keep anyone out of an exclusive club. It is designed to ensure that the people who practice law are competent and qualified to do the work of a lawyer, just like a doctor or a pilot. Mm -hmm. I was sixth in my class at Mitchell. It is not because I was the smartest person in the room or because I came from a privileged family. I am from a small town. My grandfathers were Italian immigrants, and I was the first in my family to attend college. I was sixth in my class because I am blessed with logical reasoning skills, and I was willing to work hard to succeed. I would not have been successful in my career if, if I had been spared an occasional Socratic grilling in front of my classmates and had not been subjected to the intense, intense work required to prepare for and pass the bar exam. I am grateful for those experiences. They enabled me to land where I am today. One final observation. There are some lawyers who did not excel in law school and do not appear to have a strong command of the law and good procedural rules. However, I have seen these, law I've seen these lawyers work utter magic in a courtroom. Although they were not at the top of their class, they passed the bar. We should not lower it. Thank you, Judge. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wonder why the, the beginning part of the judge's uh, remarks, uh, they said that they were against it when it went to online. Yeah. I'm curious. Well, I would imagine the judge felt that was a lowering of standards. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Now, there's a gal in Chicago I was reading about. Her name is Nicole. That's not her real name. Uh, she's a 16. She's a seasoned Chicago carjacker who has used a knife to threaten her victims. She told okay. WBBM-TV, along with a handful of other teen carjackers, what led her to take part in the city's carjacking surge and why she keeps committing the crime. The number of times Nicole has, has carjacked isn't clear to her, but it's at least six. 
I don't know, she told WBBM with a nervous giggle. I don't count them. The station said it had been tracking Chicago's carjacking spike for two years, and arrest data shows 54% of carjacking arrestees from January through April this year were 17 years old or younger. Police aren't having much success collaring carjackers, according to WBBM. Nicole, not her real name, uh, told WBBM that her reasons for carjacking has ranged from acquiring instant transportation to acquiring cash. I had some place to go and I didn't have a way to get there, she told WBBM. Sometimes I even sell a car, like get a car or just get the money. Uh, being a girl, it can be an advantage for her when she's carjacking, as they wouldn't probably expect a younger age female to be out there carjacking. She has been yeah. arrested, but it hasn't quelled her interest in carjacking. Oh, I wonder why. Uh, believe it or not, the station said that after a short stay in juvenile detention, Nicole was back out on the streets and carjacking, and she's still doing it. Mm. She blames remote learning for her life of crime, noting to WBBM that her attendance often is dependent on whether she's feeling it or not. <laughs> wow. If I was like doing the in-person school, then it would be less of me like thinking to go carjack somebody. And who called this last year when we started to do distance learning, by the way? Get this. Me? me? Uh, I don't All know. of us. <laughs> oh, okay. We're now about to be going full circle. Believe it or not, WBBM said Nicole wants to be a doctor and working in a hospital someday. Taking care of people or saving lives, she told the station, adding that she wants skeptics to know that she intends to graduate high school and go to college. Honey, you're going to be dead or in prison for life before you hit 20. You know what? No, no. she won't be. I, I, she'll I, I probably wanna, be a doctor. I want to hold out hope that she'll turn her life around. Oh, because at so least, naive. well, I'm, I know I'm being a bit naive in this situation, Candy, but at least... She's looking for something to get her out of that situation. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, either that yeah, or she's yeah. full of BS. She, oh, she, she just said it for the camera, you She saying? reminds me of a gopher basketball player I once interviewed. I won't name. And I said, what's your major? And he said, electricity. <laughs> That's where that comes from? <laughs> electricity. <laughs> at, the, at the U of M? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, was, it, was it a regular attendee of class I'm taking? We got Westinghouse and we've got Edison. Which one? Yeah. Which kind of electricity? But this this young lady, uh, uh, just like the sheriff, uh, Grady Judd, was saying, uh, she's facing no consequences. No, none. Therefore, what does she do? Continues to steal the cars. She's going to be a repeat offender. Looking for money or a ride. And look at that. When you were saying that, you know what instantly popped into my head? Well, A, why isn't she in school? But B, if 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 there wasn't just open season on vehicles, whether it's in Chicago, whether it's in Minneapolis here, what would she be doing at 16? She'd have a bleeping part-time job as a high school kid, like the rest of us did at that age. Well, yep. why, why isn't she? Uh, there, I think every day of my high school career, I wasn't feeling it, but yet... I always ended up going. Right. Why is that? Parents, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents. You guys heard of Walter E. Walter Edwards Williams. Walter Edward Williams. He is. I have his Wikipedia page up. He's not with us anymore. He was an American economist, commentator, <gasps> I know where you're going. Yep. and academic. Uh, the Reverend Tim Christopher just retweeted a quote of his within the last hour or two hours. 
Listen to this, Such. For somebody to do well in school, somebody needs to make him go to bed on time and get a good 10 hours sleep. Someone must wake him up to do his homework. Somebody must feed him breakfast in the morning, and somebody must make him mind the teacher, said Williams. If those things are not done, I don't care how much money you put in the school system, education will not occur. Bravo. I remember our father used to wake us up by putting his foot at the end of the bed and then violently shaking the, the mattress. I read this thing, and I had the biggest flashback <laughs> of fighting with our son, yeah. mostly the roommate fighting with him, for, you know, all through junior high and senior high. Mm-hmm. Get up. Do your homework. Mm-hmm. Eat your food. Go to bed. Well, it Just works. Every single day. Because you can't give up. It works. Right, right. He's the kid, you know. You know, on that... Um, is it bad that uh, the nine-year-old has to wake me up in the morning? Yes, that's a that's a reverse uh, triangular situation. Well, he's the kid that um, you know she gets up and she's usually out the door by six a.m. and he hears that, so he gets up and starts reading or doing whatever, and then it's you know six thirty. I better go wake up dad, and then I have to you know get things rolling. But it's true if unless unless there's a presence at home. You can pump all the money you want into the education system. It ain't going to work. Do you have any homework uh, tonight, son? I don't know. No, find out. Do you have homework? Yeah, I guess I do. When are you going to do it? I don't know. You're going to do it now, right? Right. Uh, I guess so. Uh, No, you're going to sit down at the table right now. You're going to do this homework Mm -hmm. every day. And now he's doing pretty good for himself. Good for him. I would imagine that the schools, which are failed... I would imagine the failed academy is more accommodating of a lazy student than it is in enforcing the belief that the family structure should play a role in the success of the student. Oh, we know that as a fact. We're just There's, seeing the examples of that every yeah, day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they lo- they're continually lowering the bar. Right. The, the failed academy has changed its paradigm to no longer expect much of anybody. Particularly well, black children, which is abominable. They're making them less than. Well, and it's it's gotten to the point where some people, I'm not saying anybody that we know, but some people view the school, well, they're going to take care of my kid. No, that's your job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're there to teach your kid, not to take care of your kid. Well, mm-hmm. the 16-year-old has, has no shot. Uh, there's no shot because she's suffering no consequence. No. Short time in juvie, and then back out on the street stealing cars. And I'm going to stand on a sturdy limb and guess she's got very little guidance at home. I have no idea, but I think you're on a solid limb. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it, it would be a miracle if she turned her life around and became a doctor. But I'm I, rooting for her. Well, that's fine. I, I, she certainly might be capable, but I find it so ironic that she wants to be a doctor at a period where we've been discussing the lowering of standards for things. And I guess the reason my naivete, Kenny came into play here is because, you know, I spent a number of years working downtown on the weekends, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many kids I'd run into that might not have been in the exact same situation as this young lady, but were in somewhat similar situations. And they were desperately just trying to look for a, an out, you know, a way to escape and have a productive, normal life. I met so many kids like that. So that's why I'm rooting for and hope right. that she's, you know, at least hope that she's telling the truth. I'd like yep. to send her out to Schmel's countryside, but I'd say, lady, Nicole. <laughs> You're going to have her carjack a Volkswagen you, you, no, from no, Schmel's? No, no, I want you to go there, but you have to buy it. Oh. You have to actually buy it. Okay. And they have them. 
Inventory is getting tough. Schmelz Countryside, Volkswagen, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo in Maplewood. It's been there for more than 50 years. Single family ownership, multi-generational now. Great people. It's right on the uh, southeast corner there of Highway 36 and 61. And uh, fabulous, fabulous vehicles. I've owned all three and continue to and will continue to. Zero percent for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagens, with the exception of the ID4. And that includes the Volkswagen Taos. It's in stock and arriving daily. And uh, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're getting the inventory. 0% for up to 72 months on Fiat's. 0% for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeo models, a gorgeous car. And uh, check out the inventory and get yourself, uh, do yourself a favor and get out to Schmelz Countryside. SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com. You will not regret that visit. This is Patrick Gracie for The Canopy Group. Your kids are back in school, and when they get home, they do their homework, or they're supposed to do their homework. Why don't you do your homework? You have been with that same home and auto insurance company that has only one agent who represents only one insurance company for years. You deserve options. Let's face it, your insurance needs change as the years go by. Insurance companies' rates certainly change as the years go by. That is why the Canopy Group provides you with 16 options, not one, 16. Don't tell your kids, but you can outsource your homework to the Canopy Group. They will teach you how they find the best insurance coverage for the best price, not only today, but each and every year. Contact the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com and let them do the homework for you. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. GLers, it's Reavers here once again for our friends at Mosaica Hard Surface. They specialize in the sourcing, supply, and installation of hard surface-based materials, you know, such as granite, marble, and quartz, for your kitchen, bath, fireplace, bar, outdoor kitchen, anywhere you dream up, they will get it done, done right, but also done under budget. Now, here's the deal. Corey and Jay, they are the longtime owners of this company. They're the best. They've been around for 20 years, and they do things the right way. They only use the best materials. They custom cut everything in their state-of-the-art facility, and they also install everything themselves. Not everybody else does that. Mosaica Hard Surface wants every single aspect of your project to be perfect. And Corey and his team really want to work with you. So here's your options. You can stop by their showroom on Marshall Avenue in St. Paul. You can call Corey directly at 651-242-0894. Or you can see some of their work by visiting their website, which is mosaicahardsurface.com. That's M-O-S-A-I-C-A hardsurface.com. And please let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast. Kenny and I were talking before the show that we weren't going to bring this story up, but then we've we've talked rever- yourself into it. We've reversed our decision because it, it has such comedic value, uh, and it, <laughs> it's a story in the Tribune today. Not a story, a guest editorial by somebody named Linnell Mickelson, who apparently is just beside herself that the fate of her birth had her ended up being white. Oh no, she just doesn't like that, and she lives in the affluent Thirteenth Ward. And uh, the the gist of her piece is that uh, this strong mayor situation that people get to vote on, they should vote no for that because she said that's just a power grab by affluent white elites dressed oh. up in the language of good governance. Okay. 
and I say this as a member of the affluent white elite from Linden Hills. Yes, yes. Wow. She's from the 13th, Ward 13, yeah. She describes herself as an old political activist, and she's been hearing about these kinds of things for years. Uh, but she says, this particular strong mayor proposal strikes me as a way to make sure the famous Golden Crescent of Minneapolis voters keeps its long-held lock on power and keeps the city centered on the needs of its whitest, wealthiest residents. First of all, I've never heard of the Golden Crescent. Evidently, nor have I until this very day, and we've talked about each of these neighborhoods individually. It's southwest, arcing up to Kenwood, yeah. and then arcing into downtown. There's your crescent. The, yeah. the Golden Crescent. The Golden Crescent <laughs> is the swath of affluent, older white voters who live in southwest, southwest Minneapolis, Kenwood, and downtown. They vote and donate abundantly. The Golden, well, if they do, they've sure been getting some lousy people to run. The Golden Crescent is also used to include more working-class white people in northeast Minneapolis, but then all those avocado toast-eating, Bernie-loving, <laughs> drowning-in-college-debt socialist millennials move to northeast, reducing the Crescent's geographic boundaries. <laughs> what is that? No that was, idea. That was a lot of funny words jumbled together, but I still don't get it. <laughs> Here, here's the best part. Here's how it works, Linnell says. Yeah. Minneapolis is divided into 13 wards. Each has about the same population, but voter turnout varies hugely. For example, I live in the upscale 13th ward. She is really desperate to keep telling us how upscale she is. Yep, right. I live in the upscale 13th ward. In the last city council races in 2017, we turned out something like 12,000 voters, which is triple the 4,000 or so voters who showed up in the 5th ward on the north side. This pattern is repeated in other wealthy white wards and other poor wards. Under our current form of strong council government, the 13th Ward has the same level of representation as the 5th Ward, even though we produce triple the number of voters. But under a strong mayor who would wield large new powers won in, won in citywide mayoral elections, higher turnout districts would have far more clout than lower turnout neighborhoods. Wow. She is so just... I, I'm sorry, dumb. She She wishes to be... Uh, punitive to the people who turn out to vote. <laughs> right. She wants... Right. Th that's absurd. It's not the 13th problem that nobody shows up in the 5th. No. And why shouldn't the... the if the 13th ward is going to produce the most voters, they should have a proportionate say in how the government's run. Where does she live again? She's in the affluent 13th ah, ward. Ah, okay. Well, Joe, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. People who show up to vote are the ones that control it. I think I sh should have counted the time she used the word affluent. If the whole city looked like the 13th Ward, mostly middle class to affluent, somewhat older white voters, the whole strong mayor versus strong council question probably wouldn't matter. It would just be another interesting debate about good governance. Heck, I might even vote for it. But the whole city doesn't look like the Golden Crescent. Where the she must have made that name up. The city demographics are changing, which is also why city elections this year are so reactive. When people, yes, even liberal DFLers, fight to make sure power stays skewed to wealthy white people, they tend to run toxic, fear-mongering campaigns that feel, well, uh, geez, what a coincidence, almost Trumpian. Oh, my God. What? There's what? been toxic <sighs> elections since the very first. Don't give me that crap. Plus, I, I, is it really possible to believe that the city is still in the grip of uh, 
white people only? Wealthy white people? No, it's ridiculous. She's she's citing what I've been talking about. She's she's of the mind that there's still a brotherhood. Right. There isn't one. No, it's gone. Right. No. I mean, you got this uh, terribly inefficient city council representing these wards. I don't know what got into this gal's mind here. Uh, she said the cops. We're, we got to find. I got another find another thing here where she said the uh, the police are uh, dangerous. The police only exist to protect white people and arrest black people. That's what she. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm paraphrasing. Sure. I can't find the, the, the sure. police appear to be our most dysfunctional city department, and weirdly enough, the only one currently operating under a strong mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's at the last column towards the yeah, top. Yeah, I got it. Uh, it was only after those nine city council members stood at the stage in Powderhorn Park after George Floyd was murdered and vowed to restructure and replace police with the Department of Public Safety that suddenly the 14-boss problem became such a huge deal. Let's be frank. The unofficial historic mission of the Minneapolis police has been to protect white bodies and white property <laughs> by dominating, controlling, and harassing black bodies. I don't believe that. Wow. That I, I don't is, believe that. That is just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That has come from no from someone who's had no contact with police nor seen what police do. And then she says that's the quiet part that people in the Golden Crescent don't like to say out loud or think about too much. So wow. when those nine council members vowed to change the cops, the uh, Golden Crescent went ballistic. Affluent white people could feel they did. We've been warning those neighborhoods all summer long. You might start paying attention here. Yeah. But she said they went ballistic. Yeah, I didn't no, hear a word. No. No, they didn't. <laughs> uh, she said affluent white people could feel the demographic changes that are looming. They want to lock in the power and keep the city, especially policing, centered around their needs and comfort. I, uh, this woman is delusional. I love her second to last paragraph, though, where she almost admits to being wrong. What a strong mayor form of government would be more efficient? Maybe. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. I told you this had comedic value. Uh, we don't know. What a strong uh, mayor form of government be more efficient? Maybe. It probably depends on who is mayor. But in well, governance, there you go. Yeah, but in governance, just as in other key relationships, family, faith, work, some efficiencies come with a dark side. In this case, a strong mayor system is an elite white power grab. If you want a stable, healthy city, vote it down. Well, she is she is wishes to disabuse voters of the idea that the city council should be doing exactly what it is doing, but what what the city council should be doing is legislating, fixing streetlights and potholes and but no, they're they're off on their own tangents. They have and I continue to believe when you have fourteen people in charge, lady, no one's in charge. This article represents not just one person. But a lot of people that live in that city. And in some, the Golden Crescent? Some in the affluent uh, Ward 13. The Golden Crescent. The Golden Crescent. Um, that's exactly why we should be terrified that Yes for Minneapolis is going to win. Because of you know, because I, of that. I, I, you're right. I fluctuate every day. But if, if there's more like this woman, yeah, they're going to... They're gonna, Get rid of the police department. And I only say that because I see so so many comments about this, whether it's you know a Star Tribune article or if it's just online social media commentary. I'm terrified that it's it's going to pass. She must look at that horrible story from today about the woman killed riding a scooter last night yeah. because she fell victim to two 
SUVs in a rolling gun battle. She must think that the police only were responding to that to re- to keep white people safe. Right. That's what she must think. Yep, that's exactly what she thinks. It had nothing to do with race. No. You know what she should do is she should move to the 5th. I bet you guys don't even know who uh, the uh, council person is for... It's Ellison, isn't it? No, for uh, 13. Oh, 13, I do uh, not. Uh, help us. Linnea Palmasano. Yeah. A name we've never uttered on GL. No, no she's come up, but terribly infrequently. Right. Infrequently. Right. Is it because she's not as insane as the rest of them? Well, she she is representing saner constituents. Okay. Outside of this woman. Outside of this <laughs> goofball. But yeah, I think Linnell needs to call up Jeremiah and uh, maybe get get a place to live up there and, and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Or better yet. You know, I've heard her. I've heard of her before. She describes herself as an old political activist. Her name's yeah. ringing a bell, Linnell Mickelson. Uh, yeah. And I, I uh, hope she understands we're having fun with her because I find some of her points just preposterous. They're just preposterous. Kenny, how about even better than that? How about before she decides to move to the area, spend one weekend and shadow the Reverend Tim in what he does to make that area no, better? How about this, loudmouth? Ride along with the <laughs> cops. Yeah. Take yourself on a 12 hour yeah. ride along. Yeah. Where they're protecting only the white people? Yeah, they'll only be protecting you, Linnell. Okay. That's all they're So you'll be about. safe, Linnell. Yeah. According to you. Well, we can conclude. Well, she, she, she identifies as white. We don't know what that means. Well, was she a they? She doesn't say identify, but she says, I'm white. Okay. okay. And I, apparently that really disappoints her. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Linnell, it's okay. You had nothing to do with right. it. Right. It, you the didn't fate have a of say your, in the it's, matter. It's the fate of your birth, Linnell. It's, it's okay. You could. Here, I can speak in a language you might understand. Give yourself forgiveness, Linnell. Oh, my God. Uh, give yourself permission. <laughs> To be okay with your whiteness, it's okay. It is. Yeah. Well, she's a she's got some ideas. I'll say that she should move over to the neighborhood I used to live in. Very diverse. Uh-huh. Uh, we had a little bit of everything there. Well, there's diversity now. I think in virtually all neighborhoods. To tell you the truth, I I find it everywhere. And with that. Uh, all neighborhoods are, are experiencing uh, difficulties and successes, and some have more diversity, some have less. But uh, I think a I think diversity has made great inroads. Uh, diversity is merely a fact; it has no inherent value. Right. It's just a fact. Yeah. But it's been given a value, and uh, I'm not sure that's that's helpful. Why don't we take a break so the old the man thing can is, get some water? Uh, the thing is about uh, so-called diversity, and in, in I lived in 12. We didn't look at it as diversity. We looked at it as, uh, yeah, hi, neighbor. I was, wor- I was work yeah. today. You looked at it, it as sucked. I, yeah. I cleaned I cleaned 20 jets, and they turned, there was fast turn, you know what I mean? Or you know, I painted five cars, or you know what I'm saying? We have <laughs> just, Indians as neighbors, it was in the country just, of India. Okay. Yeah. It's it just People, we're just humans. We're not, none of us were more special than the other. And we have two girls next door who speak fluent Chinese. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a part of life. It's, there's nothing special there. 
you know, big deal, Such. Like you should say the same thing to me. Big deal. Big but deal. no, it's you're diverse and oh, you've got this and uh, <laughs> the big and thing if, on my the big thing on my block was a couple of wokes moved in at the end of the block. Oh boy. Where even the old school liberals were going, Oh, here we go. <laughs> Constant yard signs. Yeah, because yeah. the old school liberals are nothing like today's progressive. <laughs> no. The old school liberals are talking to the conservatives right. going, Do you hear about what the woke said? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here with a couple of questions for you. Are you noticing a decrease in the following? Maybe strength, endurance, enjoyment of life, libido, or maybe it's just a lack of energy. Are you tired of feeling exhausted even after you eat dinner? I've got an answer for you. You need to call my friends at Everest Men's Health. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every single area important to a man's overall health. And that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It does not matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. The time is right now to come into Everest Men's Health and take the first steps toward realizing your best health possible. The great thing about Everest is their medical specialists look at the entire picture and they figure out what is causing these changes to you. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, important vitamin levels, blood levels, and overall body composition. And once they identify the deficiencies such as low T or vitamin deficiencies, they create a personalized lifestyle program that can include testosterone testosterone replacement, medication management, vitamin and natural supplementation, and exercise prescription and nutritional guidance. Trust me, Everest is fantastic, and they provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. They specialize in men's health, and they can be your doctor for all your health needs, and they will refer you to a specialist if needed. It's a wonderful environment and fantastic people. Go online right now to EverestMensHealth.com, and you can call today to schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in Egan, and please let them know that you heard about him on the Garage Logic podcast. You cannot stop him; he'll just make a move. Joe Souchere. Boy, I learned something today that I never had any idea about, and that's the discovery that on Green Lake, west of Minneapolis, uh, bass, the species of fish known as bass, mm-hmm. uh, have been suffering and. Uh, what I also learned is I did not know that walleye fishermen had such animosity for bass. Oh, I did not know that. Either. Apparently, there was a period uh, in the Green Lake history where walleye fishermen were upset over the prevalence of bass, and they were killed by the yeah. walleye fishermen. I had no idea. We've reached Early, out to the lake yeah. detective, but we just gave him too short a notice. We may not hear from him. Maybe tomorrow, time. though. Yeah. The early 2000s is when all all that went down. It was a walleye fishery. It was really good. And uh, I was surprised. I'd never heard that um, walleye fishermen would catch the bass and then kill them and toss them back. Yeah. So they're floating floating around the lake. Yeah, I I knew there was a big to-do between the walleye fishermen and the bass fishermen on Mille Lacs. But um, I hadn't heard it uh, about this one. It's called what did you, uh, Green Lake, right, Joe? Right, right. And there's a current Five, affliction now. What is it, Ken? Yeah, uh, five thousand five hundred sixty-nine acres. Oh, it's, it's a by wonderful Spicer. size lake. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a slightly northeast of Wilmer. So the this time around, the uh, the bass have a virus, and 
this pathogen can eat away at the skin in a way that looks like a knife wound. Right. So oh, right. when this so when this started happening, they thought, "Oh my god, the slashers are back." Yeah. But as it turns out, there's a disease going around. Did you get a hold of the lake detective? I we, sent him a text, but uh, usually he takes a bit. He's probably on a case. He's probably on a case. So if if anything, we could probably get him tomorrow. Well, it turns out the bass uh, swimming around in the lake are not necessarily subject to this virus. It's when the uh, uh, bass are placed in a, uh, right. a well in the well. boat. Uh, they, well, yeah. So bass in close proximity to each other apparently can exchange this virus. Hell, for all we know, it's an offshoot of COVID. I'm not kidding. We don't know. I have no fish idea. Fish COVID. It's fish got fish COVID. COVID. But uh, um, they're going to have to get to the bottom of this because uh, it's not healthy. That's what spreads disease among deer, and that's why uh, DNR and people ask you not to feed the deer because when they start touching noses, that's when the C, uh, CWD thing mm-hmm. spreads from deer to deer. Did you happen to see in the paper that NASA is going to redirect an asteroid? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. It's what we've been talking about for years. They're going to shoot a rocket up and try to <laughs> try Pull to thing move up. this thing. Yeah. yeah, it's called the... Double Asteroid Redirection Test Mission, yeah. DART. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're shooting a rocket up, and they're going to hit this thing. I for, uh, the name of it is Demorphus. Demorphus. And is that it's not nec- Well, it's not necessarily going to hit us, but uh, I'm looking for the quote. Uh, here's a quote from a NASA guy. NASA guy. NASA. I love NASA. NASA, we're going to make sure that rock from space doesn't send us back to the Stone Age. <laughs> Thomas Stapler. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, anyway, good luck to the bass, and uh, we'll we'll talk, reach out to the lake detective. Good luck to NASA. Kenny uh, just uttered a phrase that reminded me of a story I forgot to tell you guys. You mentioned a fishery. So yeah. last week... Uh, I went down to go visit Grandma. You know, she's in her 90s. She's getting a little slower, so I thought I'd go down and say hi. Does she live at the fishery? No, 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 no. But get this. So I learned something new about my extended family. So her grandfather... Wait, wait. uh, What'd you have for breakfast? Her father, my my great-grandfather, who I never met, he he had passed before I was born. Guess what he did for a living? He was a farmer, obviously. Uh, he, he farmed fish. He's a fish farmer. No. We all remember the great Norm MacDonald joke. He owned the hatchery. a hatchery. He owned the hatchery? He owned the Northfield Hatchery. Wow. And really? I started laughing, and she kind of looked at me like, why is that funny? Did she, was it like that? It was somewhat similar to that. Yeah. But she looked at me like, she said, well, why, why is that funny? I said, well, Grant, and I almost played the Norm joke. The jo- tell her the joke. Well, She's 95. I know, yeah. but I didn't want to make her sit through 10 minutes of yeah, Norm man. babbling to Howard Stern to get to the punchline. What's, you know? uh, what's, what's, what's the moral of that story? <laughs> Don't mess with Uncle Terry Don't when he's been Uncle drinking. Don't mess with Uncle Terry when he's been drinking. But I said, no way, great grandpa owned the North. It was called something else, but it, uh, the, the hatchery in Northfield was owned by, at one point, my great grandfather. be damned. Is it still there? Uh, it is, but it has changed ownership what a couple a of times. What is a hatchery? Well, it's where you take the baby chicks to let them grow up and then eat them. Oh, okay. Hatchery. Uh, Bob writes. <laughs> Joe, listening to you and the team flop around like crappies is frequently one of my favorite pastimes while walking the service road of life. I felt it was time to use the club and put you out of your misery. Uh-oh. 
The go. proposed purpose of asking for banking transactions is to allow the government to total all of your annual deposits and compare it to your stated income on your tax return. Your account will be flagged if you are depositing a great deal more money than you are claiming as income, and you will be audited. The trouble is, what else will they do with all of that information? And once you assemble it all in one place, how much easier it is to, for a hacker to steal? No one, at least of all, least of all government, can be trusted with everything there is to know about everybody. Ooh, ooh. oh, uh oh. What's this one? Yes. Oh no, moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Alex writes, I realize that a bunch of Gen Xers and a baby boomer aren't the most up to speed on what these tech oligarchs are up to lately, but it isn't free speech. The so-called whistleblower on Facebook has some serious explaining to do. If you watch the recap of her testimony with Senator Cruz, she is asking for more government overreach and the ability to silence the voice of dissenting opinions online. A prime example of this is the fact that her department was responsible for silencing the misinformation of the Hunter Biden laptop in the middle of a hotly contested race up to the election. So I appreciate your support for whistleblowers, but if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and sounds like a duck, it's a plant to make you think we need more government involvement in the loss of free speech, in this case, the Internet specifically. If the notorious incident in the Rochester Target doesn't let you know, Joe, but you are a strong voice that is mainly dissenting from the current party line that is in power. As you have said time and time again, the government, especially the federal government, is far too big and bloated anyway. Best wishes and keep pushing back. So in other words, Alex has some reservations about what he was hearing hmm. from the whistleblower. It's a very it. good point. Yeah. I had not considered that, but I, I believe he's right. Well, I had an odd thought about this, the Pandora Papers, Uh is it a disguised effort by a global consortium of journalists to help undermine the very idea of wealth? I love that thought. <laughs> I don't oh know. Oh, my God. I love that. Because much of what these characters are doing is legal. Yeah. yeah. But it's titillating to tell me how many seaside mansions the king of Ethiopia is squirreled or stolen from and his people. That's what I couldn't get over, the inner voice when I was reading that, think, thinking, well, this is nobody's business. This isn't illegal. Everything's on the up and up. Who wouldn't go to these efforts to protect their money? And you, we have a, we have 505, whatever, how many legislators we have. You people write the tax codes. Why don't you straighten it out? If you're going to find fault with somebody that gets to set up an account in the Caymans, why don't you remove that loophole? You know, I did I did read something where, uh, I, oh, I wish I could find it. It might have even been in the Wall Street Journal where it was an editorial piece. Basically, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the chase here, that this person was fine with the IRS monitoring checking accounts with yeah. $600 or more in I'm it. I'm not. Well, but let me get to the, the point. She said, that's fine. However, then I want to monitor every politician's account oh, yeah. to see where the money's coming from. Yeah, how if come it's so many be, of them end up millionaires? If it's going to end up open season on, on the American public, then politicians need to abide by the same set of rules. I got a great, note from, uh, I got a great yeah. note from Tim uh, regarding rent control, which came up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Stockholm, Minneapolis, and Seattle have two things in common. One, lots of Scandinavians. Two, a political class that rules from the salon totally devoid from reality. 
Perhaps the best example of this is rent control, which Stockholm has had for decades. When Seattle was considering rent control a few years ago, a frustrated young Swede sent them a copy of a brochure he received from Stockholm's rental housing service. This colorful brochure, I looked it up, shows the location of all the apartment buildings in Stockholm. Beside each location is a number showing the typical wait time to get into that particular apartment building. You will see ranges like 4-6, 7-9, or even 10-20. If you are a salon dweller, you might think this refers to weeks. If you are a typical liberal, you might think this refers to months. If you are a GLer and a realist, you probably realize the number refers to the number of years of waiting time. Yes, the typical wait time to get a rental unit in Stockholm today is nine years, and in the central city it is 10 to 20 years. Rent control has killed investment in new rental housing units, and the people of Stockholm are paying the price for this liberal policy that has failed over and over again. The Minneapolis City Council or the St. Paul City Council does not have to reimagine anything. They just need to get out of the salon, look around, and see how the world really works. And for further comment on that is... Mr. McMillan, would you like 30 seconds more? Allow me to introduce myself. I represent the rent that's too damn high party. (laughs) (laughs) I love that soundbite. I love that guy's voice. (laughs) <laughs> I represent the rent is too damn high, party. <laughs> well, in the real world, people are in the kitchen making soup for the upcoming chili season, and Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo and Forest Lake has a great selection of the best soup meats and uh, the best meatloafs, the original, the town ball, and the Minnesotan, and, of course, Wagyu steaks and burgers and ham and bacon. I see bacon prices are going through the roof. Yes, they are. I believe Spencer's holding it down. We Thick cut bacon. I, I did pick up. A package of thick cut, thick cut bacon for the fam yep. for Saturday morning's yep. feast. I didn't get a damn piece. Really, it was gone. Really, and I'm the one that baked it. Yeah. Uh, football season is brat season, of course. And where else are you going to get brats? Well, you're going to get them at Grunhofer's because they have 139 flavors of brats. Now, there's two locations: the original on Highway 61, just north of Hugo. And the newest store, which is on Highway 97, just east of 35 in Forest Lake. Uh, both have now been visited by Reavers. I have not been to the new one. I've been to the... Uh, it's a great store. I've been to the original a couple times, but yep. I have not been to the... Actually, many times, but I have not been to the new one. And you, did you find that the new one was just as well stocked? Yes. It's a little bit you smaller know. than the Hugo location, but very well stocked. You know what I did when I was there? I went in, I bought some summer sausage. They had some cheese there. And then they had some fresh, freshly baked buns. Mm-hmm. I just bought the three of them, went back to my hotel, and had lunch. Oh, that, <laughs> that was, was awesome. that was during the fair, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was during yeah. the fair. <laughs> That's where it was my fast food joint. It was right. awesome. Only because they come to us all the way from Marlith Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. It's on this day in Minnesota history, October seventh. On this day, today. October 7th, in 1794, construction began on Ash House, a Hudson's Bay Company trading post at the mouth of the Rainy River. The two-story log house with oiled parchment windows and a clay and stone chimney was completed in a month. On this day, in 1910, October 7th, forest fires destroyed Baudette and Spooner, killing 29 people and burning over 220,000 acres of land. 
During that dry year, over 900 fires had burned in 29 counties, causing 42 deaths. Grayston, Pitt, Cedar, Spur, and Williams also burned. Towns I don't even recognize the name of. So I guess these fires have happened before. Yes. I guess you've had dry summers before. On this day. Today. This is interesting. October 7th, 1935, Amelia Earhart spoke to the Women's City Club in St. Paul. Formed in 1921, the club valued social, cultural, political, and intellectual pursuits and also hosted speakers Gertrude Stein and T.S. Eliot. Man, that kind of stuff isn't happening today, is it? Not a lot of Gertrudes anymore, are there, Joe? No, and there's no Amelia Earhart's. Nope. Amelia Earhart's. Uh, that's cool. You lost me. I haven't heard a word you said since you said Hudson Bay, Ash House, Rainy River. Yeah. I now have a 21-page document that I'm going to have to read before I can leave here today. Fascinating. Oh, what? my God. What? 1795, you said, right? No, 1794. 94. All that's right. when construction began. What are yeah. oiled parchment windows, I wonder? Well, I don't know. Can you oil, isn't parchment birch tree bark? Parchment. How do you see I through it? <laughs> oiled parchment windows. How do it work? Hmm. I'm trying to find an image. It's funny, there was a big war for the uh, fur trading um, in this country, in this part of the state, between Hudson Bay and uh, the United States and France and everybody else, even uh, Spain was involved. It's really fascinating back in the 1600s, 1700s. Man, that it must didn't have really... been a desolate place back in 1794. And it really didn't shake out until late, mid, or mid-1800s. Uh, oh, yeah. And that was part of Jefferson's purchase of the Louisiana Purchase, and the reason why uh, Lewis and Clark went west was partially to see fur trade. Is there a water route to the Pacific? Mm -hmm. Now you have groups of activists who are demanding that you don't buy fur. <laughs> I know, I saw that. I have a better idea, uh, if, if you're of that mind. Then don't you buy any. Yeah, and that was, that was the responding editorial. How about yeah. it basically said that? How about Why don't you, you just, just not both? buy any then and don't yeah, worry yeah. about it? Calm down, yeah. I personally, uh, I personally am not a fur person. I have nothing that's fur that I'm there's aware no, of. Uh, there's no profit to be made in trapping fur. Not None anymore, is there? No, no, no. And we have the Marines in Taiwan. So uh, let's go here. Poll, China passes USA economically. I don't want to send people off on such a sour note, so I won't talk about the fact that World War III is probably going to break out any minute. Well, we can't have that on Positive Thursday. Yeah, it wasn't very positive, was it? No. Yeah. I was. Oh, I don't know. That editorial we read was really that delightful. Was that was fun. That was <laughs> fun. Yes, it was. That was fun. <laughs> Damn if I wasn't white. Shoot. <laughs> I know. Just shoot. Why does God hate me You're so right. much? Gee whiz, and I'm affluent, and I live in the Golden Triangle, or whatever the hell it is. I tell you what, speaking of that, how about we step aside briefly for Positive Thursday so Kenny can talk to Mr. Mike Schoonover. Does that sound okay? Well, yes. Thank you, G. Ellers. Schoonover Body Works and Glass in Shoreview. It's the uh, GLers One Stop, family-owned, third-generation body shop there on County E in Lexington and Shoreview. The sole sponsor of Positive Thursday at GL, a Mr. Positive himself, Mike Schoonover, the GL Fender Bender Mender, is on the line. Hi, Mike. Hey, fellas. 
How you doing, Mike? Uh, you know, we are doing good. Life is life is good. Things could be it, better, things could be worse, it, but life is good. Life is good at Schoonover except for one minor or in this case major thing. What do you got cooking up in Shoreview, Mike? Well, I got two employees, one body, uh, one body technician and one painter with combined experience at our company of almost uh, 60 years, maybe 60 plus years. Anyway, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of experience uh, is going to be leaving and they're not going to a competitor. They're going to open up their own shop uh, up uh, up, nor- up north. So um, uh, I'm pretty happy for them. I'm I'm. I'm uh, I'm happy and I'm nervous because uh, I'm happy for them, but I'm nervous that I gotta I gotta fill those positions. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out a way to do it. A guy with thirty plus years painting cars, fixing cars. These two guys, they know a thing or two, don't they? <laughs> they do, and I think you know they've uh, they've learned a lot. They're really good at their craft. They're really. Um, they're they're very they're very good. We're going to be, uh, you know, we hate to see them go, but um, I'm sure somebody else is going to step up and we'll we'll fill those two spots. So, well, no. can I? I want to say something about your joint because I've been in there quite frequently, and I think Reavers will back me up there. The mood in the shop, in the back, and in the front around Nikki, everybody's always laid back and happy and smiling, and in the shop joking around. And that's not the case at some of the other body shops I've uh, been to in in uh, the Twin Cities. There's some there's some yelling and there's some discontent. I would think uh, going over to Schoonovers might be not only uh, good for your pay, uh, good for your bank account, but but it might be good for your morale. You seem like a happy bunch up there, Mike. We are. We're. You know what? I mean, working on cars. Uh, like I said before, it, it sucks. But working on wrecked cars with customers who don't want to be here because their car is wrecked, uh, that's even worse. So it's easy to make them happy. And and, uh, and I think when you hire right and you get the right people, because who wants to be, you know, no offense, Kenny, but who wants to hang around with a crabby guy all day? <laughs> you know what? That's what you guys are in the business of doing. You're in the business of making people happy, and you do it very well. GLers... If you need glass, service, bodywork, oil changes, uh, tires, do what we do at GL when we want to get happy again. We call up Schoonover Body Works and Glass. You guys, they've been at it 80 years in Shoreview, always one of the best shops in the metro as far as ratings go. GLers, thank you for for, uh, choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. That'll do it for this edition of Positive Thursday here in Garage Logic and GLers. We'd like to thank the thousands of you that have already subscribed to the Garage Logic YouTube channel. And please do so if you haven't done already because we are posting daily videos both during the show and moments captured when we're not recording the GL podcast. Also, don't forget to download that PodMN app for your smart device. And also, like us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram so you can see some of the uh, upcoming events and promotions and whatnot. Uh, We'd appreciate that very, very much. We will catch you tomorrow here in GL.
It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And GLers, that is exactly what you should do today for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation. And you do that by calling 952-925-5608. That phone number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get the man himself, Josh Arnold, and you also get straight talk. You never get sugar-coated advice and josh is with us once again here in gl and josh a simple question for you is there a deal there are plenty of deals that are in the marketplace but is there a deal yes there is a very strong likelihood in congress and the senate that there is going to be a deal on the debt ceiling at least to keep the raised debt ceiling to a specific number at least through the beginning of december that will give the democrats a little bit more time to work on their reconciliation bill as well as get the infrastructure, bipartisan infrastructure bill passed in some form. My guess, and it is a guess, reconciliation or budget bill currently listed at three and a half trillion dollars and will, to pay for this, taxes will go up on corporations and individuals and that those taxes could go up substantially. I don't believe that there are enough votes to get budget bill of that magnitude passed. I believe it'll be half of that bill, 55% of that bill at most. I don't see taxes going up as much as has been talked about. The infrastructure bill will be passed, and that'll the passing of the infrastructure bill will definitely be a plus for the economy, both on the short and the longer term. So that deal in Congress has given the market today a nice liftoff. Do be prepared as we start coming into earnings season next week that volatility will still be there as companies report i do believe that they're going to be given semi-pass not a complete pass but a semi-pass as many companies particularly those in manufacturing and elsewhere and in retail will mention supply chain issues as a problem for this past quarter and into the next several quarters and i do believe that as long as they're showing increased sales and increased earnings and some reasonable guidance. The other issue is, as long as they can also say they have pricing power, those things will be positive for companies. As an example, Levi's reported their earnings last night better than expected. They beat top line, bottom line, and they said that they had an increase in digital sales. Again, something I've been emphasizing, but they did say that they had pricing power going forward. The ability to increase prices to offset, whether it's supply chain issues or increased commodity costs and even increased labor costs. That is a positive for Levi's. Levi's stock is up on that news. The big tech companies, whether it be Facebook, Google, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, also have pricing power. Pepsi-Cola in their earnings report mentioned again pricing power, you know, supply issue. Nike, another one's mentioned supply issues. They too have pricing power. So those are some important things to bear in mind going forward. Just an aside, something that I noticed, local company Lifetime Fitness. And I know, Chris, that you spent some time at Lifetime. Sure did. Uh, to, uh, to tone up and to uh, show off to your family your, your six-pack. You can take that any way you, you want <laughs> with that. But Lifetime, which had been public, was taken private.
is going public again, and they see their business continuing to to ramp up. Excellent report, as always, Mr. Money Talk, and you were spot on once again. GLers, pick up that phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation, just like I did, by calling 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you very much, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.